to the other. We've got two rising stars on the line here. They both played at the Junior Aussie Open this year. And uh, we are celebrating Youth Month, of course. And we're going to do that throughout the week. Last week, it was Father's Day that we were celebrating here on SAFM Spot On. And now it's Youth Month. And we're going to be profiling uh, rising uh, South African sports stars. And let's start. Let's stay on the tennis court, rather, and speak to Yubei Klopper and Okolo Monti. Yubei, I'll start with you. Good evening. Thank you very much for speaking to us on SAFM. Hello, yeah, yeah, um, I'm very glad to be here. Okay, Kolo, are you there? Can you hear me? Yes, I am here. Uh, good to be here and hello to everyone listening. Thank you. You bear, firstly, just for the benefit of our listeners, how old are you? Which grade are you in? And uh, where do you go to school? I am 17 years old. I'm in Matric, grade 12, and I, I go to a grade college high school in Bluefontaine. Of course, a true sporting school, Grey College High in Bloemfontein. Where did your love for tennis come from, Yube? Uh, I would say from myself and from uh, watching other people play. I have a couple of good friends that live down the road for, for me who play tennis. And I think I just uh, watched them play and that's how I started to play. And, and going to school at Grey, do you play other sports? Do you play a bit of rugby too? Uh, no, I know. I did play hockey and soccer and cricket when I was younger, but uh, no, my my priority is tennis now. Yeah. And and so far, what would you say are some of your achievements, or what has been what have been your highlights in tennis so far? I would say definitely qualifying for the Australian Open in January, the beginning of the year. That that was that felt like a dream and a dream come true. And um, yeah, I would say that was the the highlight of my tennis career so far. And and how do you look back at that tournament? Uh, it, it was it was it had ups and downs. In the beginning, our uh, first tournament didn't go that well. I had a tough draw and I lost against a, a, a better opponent. But uh, I trained hard, and for the second week, which was the the, the Australian Open, and there I played my best tennis. And yeah, um, luckily I made it to the main show, and it was certainly was amazing. And what's next for you this year? Uh, I'm flying in two days' time uh, on Wednesday. I'm flying to England. I'm going to play two tournaments there, and hopefully, if it all goes well, I'll um, maybe try and play junior Wimbledon if I can. Oh, that is great. I was actually there, I think, last year, and uh, it's a big thing, junior Wimbledon, seniors Wimbledon. It's a huge thing. So these tournaments that you're playing for, are they qualifiers? Do you have to qualify to get into junior Wimbledon? Yeah, as, as it stands now, I won't be able to get into you know, Wimbledon because of the, the ranking is so tough. So um, hopefully I can do well in those two tournaments before, before then. And then uh, I'll see how my chance to look for, for junior Wimbledon. And, and overall, what are your goals? What are you what are you looking to achieve in, this, in the game of tennis? Um, I'm going to college to study abroad in North for tennis Vanderbilt and after that, my main goal is to definitely play professional tennis one day. Um, that's my dream and my goal. I know you spoke about playing at the Junior Australian Open. Here at home, what have been your highlights? Um, I would say about a month ago, I won the under-18 Junior National. I would say that was um, that was another for my um, my uh, career in South Africa so far, but. Yeah, uh, uh, seeing that I lost in the under 12, 14, and 16 finals, it was, it was good to win the last one at the end. And we, we're going to speak to Kulu also. He's, 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 you've had him, he's on the line, but you've also played with him in doubles. How, how has that been? Yeah, it, it's, it's so fun playing with him. It's one of my good nights. We, 
You're very good friends, and um, it's absolutely joy to play with him. I appreciate it a lot. And what can you tell us about Kulu before we speak to him? Um, he's a showman. He plays for a crowd. He has a big heart. He, um, he's very entertaining to watch, and he's a very fun guy. He's a very nice guy. Are you guys rivals on the court? Do you play in the same age group? Uh, yeah, we, uh, we have um, we have battled and had some tough battles along the years, but um, I always play with him in, in, uh, with respect, and uh, I enjoy playing him a lot. Okay, for those who've just joined us, by the way, we're catching up with Kulu Monte and Yube Klopper. We're also going to speak to Yube's dad also just to find out about his tennis career. Who would you say Yube has been the biggest influence in your in your tennis career? Um, I would say my dad, definitely. Uh, he has helped me financially and he, he's been like a mentor to me. And also my coach, Ruan Buerta. He's, he's also been amazing for me. And I don't think I would be... Yeah, and today without um, without the help of those two people. Okay, hang on the line there. Let's speak to Kolo. Kolo, good evening again. You are hardly in the country. Um, um how does it feel to be at home? <laughs> um, it it feels uh, really great to to be home for for quite a while. For once, um, I've been away for a very long time now. Um, I just got back in the end of May after a seven week trip. So um, I'm I'm very happy to be back, and um, I'm working on recovering again, and working on my tennis, and hopefully to start playing tournaments soon again. Um, um, I'll I'll be staying uh, in the country for this month, mm. and uh, for next month as well. So uh, I'm I'm happy to be home and to finally settle for a bit. So where were you playing this past seven weeks that you've been away? Um, I was in Europe recently. Um, I played uh, five weeks of tournaments there. Um, I had an extra two weeks of training before all the tournaments. But um, I was playing the the grade one tournaments and grade eight tournaments in uh, in Italy and in in Belgium. So um, which was which was really good for me as um, for t- to be playing with the top guys uh, constantly. You know you get used to it and uh, you start believing way more and you, it, it opens your eyes you know to see that okay now you're here and you belong here you know you're not here just for uh just for experience yes it helps a lot but when you play there you feel comfortable you feel like i'm here for a reason so it was it was really good it was a very long trip yeah. and um but i had a really good time um i played really well uh and i felt like i've improved a lot mentally mentally and in my tennis as well. And how do you look back at the Junior Australian Open earlier this year? Um, I, I must say that has, that's uh, it's been a really it was a really good uh, tournament for me. Um, qualifying was just uh, an amazing achievement uh, because you know every tennis player dreams of playing a slam, whether it's a junior slam or a pro mm-hmm. slam, and um, you know being there. Uh, with you there as well, you know, so having another South African there, it, it, it's really fun, you know, and um, you you feel more at home when you've got another friend from the same country as you. So so playing there for me was, was really fun, you know, I, I believed a lot and I told myself um, I want to play at Melbourne Park, you know, so that that extra bit of motivation really, it, it boosted me a lot and to get the chance and the opportunity to compete at the Australian Open was just fantastic.
and and was it everything that you expected? It it um and yes, I've I've had like ideas of it. Let me say, but being there and seeing everything is it's totally different. You know, it's um it's just fantastic to see uh, all the pros and how they work, how they play, um, the way that us juniors are treated when you're there. You know, it's just amazing, and you see that this is what you're going to be doing for the rest of your life if all things go good. So it is amazing to get a small taste of it uh, right now when you're very young. And and when you travel around the world like you are doing, Kuloa, what about school? That's the obvious question. Are you homeschooled? Do you have do you travel with your books? How does it work? Um, I'm, I'm homeschooled. Um, I do online schooling with Laurel Springs. Mm-hmm. But uh, regarding to um, traveling and doing schoolwork, uh, that is something really tough for me to do. And it takes a lot of discipline um, to be able to do uh, school and have your tennis and, you know, mix, uh, put the two schedules together. But for the past few months, um, I wasn't doing school um, due to financial um, uh, issues, uh, let me say, with my brother having to go to college. And, yeah. you know, it's, it's very expensive to be paying for both of us. So, you know, I thought uh, my brother's going to be going to college soon. You know, I don't mind taking time off of, for for him, you know, to get his things sorted. So um, I was off school for quite a while, and but now I'm back and studying, working hard. And, um, yeah, like like I said, right now I'm actually doing schoolwork before I got on the call. <laughs> so it, it, it is really, it is tough if you don't really have that uh, that discipline to, to work and on tours because you're with friends and the tournament, you know, mm. it's, it's tough. I was about to ask, do you travel alone? Do you have to look after yourself when you're on tour? Um, so re, uh, for the past couple of months, I have been tra- traveling with the International Tennis Federation team, the mm-hmm. ITF team, um, because it um, it uh, it supports the, a few players with uh, accommodation and, you know, the traveling expenses. And um, so, yes, um, lately I've been traveling with them, but... Um, here and there, you know, I do try to travel with, with my coach, um, Anthony Harris. I do try to travel with him more because, you know, he's my coach and we work good together. But, you know, like uh, like I said before, expenses are is a, it's quite a high price, you know. So when you get the opportunity to be on the ITF team and uh, get expenses all paid for, it's an opportunity you should take, you know. Before we go back to Yubei and his dad, you mentioned your brother, Asips, who is in the U.S. Is that the goal also for you to go overseas and further your career and studies? Well, if for me, um, I'm open to, to uh, pro tennis and college tennis. Um, you know, I, I have always wanted to follow my brother. And um, I have been looking into the college route uh, way more lately and I'd be very happy to be in the college system, playing in the same school as my brother. And um, so that's why right now I'm trying to do as much school as possible and catch up and get everything sorted so that by next year, you know, if, if all goes good, um, maybe continue straight pro. But if it doesn't go so great, um, I would love to go to college as well. And well, the last time I spoke to you, I think you were 13 or 14, and your voice is mm-hmm. clearly now uh, broken, as they as, as they call it. How old are you now? Um, I'm currently, I'm 16 years old at the moment. 
Yeah, yeah. That you probably were thirteen when I spoke to you. I think it was about yeah. <laughs> three years ago. I hope you remember that interview. And and your, yes, I do. And and what what have been your highlights? Your biggest highlights so far, uh, or your biggest achievements so far? Um, I th- I think I would uh, I would go with um, playing in twenty seventeen in the uh, South African uh, futures. And um, that's where I made my first uh, ATP point, you know, and which was something very uh, amazing for me, especially on my birthday. And uh, I was really happy to achieve that. So I've, I've been sticking with that as my, my best uh, achievement in my tennis career for the past two years. But I have had some very amazing uh, highlights during my tennis career, you know, even though it's not a... A tournament that I win, but I've had a few moments where I've had very good wins and I've been happy about it. So I'm very happy with my tennis. And your parents have had a huge influence in your career. How do you describe their support? Because I know they've sacrificed everything to give you boys a, a tennis career. Yes, my, my parents' help has been uh, absolutely fantastic since, we, since we've been born, you know, um, Started off in East London, in just in school, they supported us in our sport. They supported us, in uh, you know, and they're happy with uh, whichever whatever we choose to do, and they always support us. And um, choosing tennis, um, they sacrificed a lot, um, you know, for us, for me and my brother, to to be where we are now. And uh, if it wasn't for them, you know, we wouldn't be maybe wouldn't be playing tennis or wouldn't be here, you know. So. Uh, me and my brother are very grateful for them, and uh, we trust that it will carry on going good for us in the future. Okay, we're going to speak to your dad. Please pass him the phone, and while uh, you do that, let's speak to Ayubez's uh, dad, Dirk Klopper, who joins us on the line. Mr. Klopper, good evening from us here on SAFM. Uh, good evening. Well, you seem to have a star on the rise here. Firstly, what do you make of his spot of choice, tennis? Um. I was more uh, a cricket and a rugby player myself, but Hubert, um, very early on in his career, he was very passionate about tennis. And although it's a very, very difficult and uh, time-consuming and and um, uh, sport to, to to practice, he he just said that he, he that's a sport that he he wants to do, and he has embraced that. Um, his whole life now, and he's a very hard worker, and he, so he's that's that's been his sport, sport of choice, and he's he's very very keen on that. And what do you make of his progress? Are you satisfied with what he's uh, achieved so far, or how far he's come? Yeah, I'm, I'm very very proud of, of what he's done. He's a lot of it he's, he's done on his, his own accord. He's a very hard worker. He practices um, every day today, even it's holidays, and he's he's on his way hopefully to to go to England, but he's. He probably did about six hours here, you know, with different um, players that he arranges for himself. So he um, he does a lot of the things uh, on his own accord, and he's I've never had to sort of tell him to go and practice. Mm. So I think that's why he's very successful. Mm. And is it driven? Is it determined to become a professional tennis player? And is the family supporting him in that dream? Yes, we we definitely are. Um, his mom and I. Oh, um, they, we support him uh, and we'll, we'll take his, his, his dream as far as he, he wants it to go. He's got two sisters who are also very talented and 
They also support him. It's, it's a tennis is a is a hard sport and it's, yeah. it's a big sacrifice on a on a family, you know, from time wise and also from the finances. It's it's very expensive and uh, you know it's a, a lot of the the expenses the the parents like Paulo's parents have to carry. So um, uh, you have to as a parent you have to be very careful to to spread the love between all your siblings. And and they are all very supportive of of your bear, and he's made us very proud, all of us. And and how do, how does he find the balance between tennis and school? Or how do you make sure he finds the balance? He, he's um, it's a very difficult balance to do, especially if you go to um, a proper traditional school like Great College. Yes. And but I think it's very important to stay in school because you know for a South African tennis player, the the only sort of reasonable journey. To go is to go through American College, which Ibar is doing next year, and there the academics are just as important as the tennis. So he, he misses a lot of school, and Great College is very very um, supportive of that. So, but he, he needs to catch up. But that also sort of uh, teaches him the discipline to um, to make sure that he stays in touch with his academics, and that's very important for. The next couple of years, we will be at American College where the academics have a very high priority. Well, we wish you and the UBE all the best going forward. Uh, Mr. Klopper from us here at SAFM, we just wanted to highlight UBE, what he's achieved on the court so far, and just profile him as one of the country's rising tennis stars, and uh, we'll follow his progress right through. Well, thank you. Thank you very much, Luis. We really appreciate that. And uh, good luck to all the to you and to all the other junior tennis players out there. Thank you very much, sir, Mr. Deck Klopper, as well as his son. You bet. Cheers, mate. It was nice talking to you. All the best on the tennis court. Yes, thank you very much. I appreciate very much. I appreciate very much, and thank you for listening. Who's your favorite tennis player? Uh, Nadal, Nadal, 100%. Good man, good man. All the best, you bet, Klopper. There. Yeah, let's, all the best. Thank <laughs> you very much. Let's go, let's go back to the Montes. Now we've got Mr. Kolani Monte, who's a Kolo and Sip's father. Mr. Monte, good evening again from us here on SAFM. And well done, because you've really believed in this dream and you've gone uh, full on here. You've never given up on your boys. Good evening, Tabiso and the listeners. Yes, Tabiso, uh, it has been um, a long journey. Uh, it is a dream that we really have been into, and then, uh, as I said before, we that uh, we forward ever, backward never. So we have been traveling this road, and uh, it has been quite um, hectic and challenging, but we are very happy with the results so far, and we are looking forward to greater things to come. You've made so many sacrifices. I remember when we spoke to you, the, I mean, you had to quit jobs. You and your wife, you had to sell cars to make sure that they get the best tennis coaching. Do you have any regrets? No, not at all, Tadiso, not at all. There are no regrets at all. We are quite happy with everything that they have achieved. And um, all that we have uh, sacrificed is being restored. And we are quite a happy family. We've, we've just spoke to Kolo now, but tell us about Sibs. Uh, he's now in Illinois. Uh, how did that opportunity come about, and how is he doing there? Sibs is... Um, he he was spotted by the coaches when he went to America to play Orange Bowl and Eddie here. And then he came back with lots of business cards, and uh, then there were follow-ups from the college tennis coaches. 
And then until he made the decision to stick with Illinois University of Illinois, where Kevin Anderson went. And then uh, so far he has been doing well. He started in January this year, starting at number nine, at number six position, and currently he is playing at number four. He has uh, had a good time at the university and he has played well, winning some, losing some. And then uh, now during the school holidays, he did not come back home uh, with the intention of uh, playing few tournaments in America and also working on certain areas of his uh, his tennis. So he has done so well, uh, winning two tournaments so far. Uh, which are open tournaments. So yesterday he won another tournament as well. And uh, the previous week, uh, or a week before last, he won another tournament with doubles as well. So he is quite happy and he is going uh, stronger and stronger. Ah, That's good to hear. How old is he now? Sips is now uh, 19. Mm. Uh, He will be turning 20 in November. His color will be turning 17 in November. And is is he also studying there? What's the plan and how long does he plan to be at the university for? Since he's studying there, he's got a full scholarship for four years. So hopefully he finishes his school and then uh, will continue uh, playing pro. And is is that the route that as a family you also wanted to take? Because, uh, I mean, uh, the American system is where the top players come through. You know, with us as parents, we're always thinking of um, covering your back so that when whatever happens, maybe, you know, in sports there are injuries yes. and everything, then you need to have something to fall back on. But the kids, uh, initially, Sips wanted to go pro, but due to financial constraints that he could not go and play more tennis tournaments as he was in South Africa, then... Uh, uh, college tennis was the second option for him, but he has got no regrets uh, for taking a college route because he is um, benefiting both sides in terms of developing his tennis and also academically. Same applies with Kolo. He he would love to go pro, but uh, there are lots of colleges that have uh, that have uh, uh, noted him and they are making the follow up talking to him, trying to get him to come to their universities. Um, but with Ukolo, it depends on how he progresses because he has been in an advantageous position than his brother because he started early and his progress in terms of rankings has been quite uh, fast. So if he does well, maybe by the end of next year, he is in the top 10 top 20, maybe we will decide whether he will go pro or he will go to university. Because if his ranking is quite good, he will be having wild cards to play futures tournaments and maybe challengers, depending on him winning Grand Slams and having a good ranking. Then that will determine whether he really goes straight college or he really goes straight pro. But uh, we are open-minded about it. Okay, and we wish you all the best of luck and please keep us updated. I know you do a very good job on social media uh, to keep us updated with the progress of the boys. But uh, thank you for joining us on SAFM, Mr. Monsi. We just wanted to highlight what your boys are are doing and just celebrate them during this youth month. No, thank you very much, Tadiso. And thanks to to Dirk Lopa as well. He was taking good care of Kolo. 
while he was in Australia because we could not travel with him. So thank you guys very much. That we is appreciate. good to hear. Thank you, Mr. Monsi. And Kolo, keep well. We're going to keep in touch again, mate. All the best. Let's move all the way now to France. We've got about five minutes left on the show. I told you Banyana Banyana were playing against Germany. It was 3-0 the last time I gave a score update. It finished 4-0 and SABC Sport reporter Lebohang Dube is in Montpellier, France. Lebohang, good evening and thank you for speaking to us here on SAFM. Another defeat, the heaviest of the tournament so far. To be fair though, it was always going to be a tough task against the Germans. Uh, good evening, Kabiso. Uh, and to the listeners, yes, um, rightfully so, it was going to be a tough one against uh, Germany. They are second, uh, uh, they are second rent uh, on the FIFA standings. And, uh, you know, Banyana Banyana did give a good account of themselves. Uh, unfortunately, they allowed those three first goals, uh, three first half goals uh, to go in. And uh, that did jump in the mood a bit, but they did pick up in the second half. Um, and I think they can take positives from that match. Uh, you know, look at the goalkeeper, Angela Zamenez. Yeah. I think she gave, she gave a good account of herself. Um, she even uh, got praises from the German coach after the match, going to her to give her a hug and to congratulate her for, for, for the awesome performance she, she put. Well, uh, what do you make of the changes? I mean, we saw Tembi Khatlana was left on the bench. There were four changes overall. When you, when you, when you speak of Tembi, um, yesterday uh, during training, the final training session, um, she, she seemed as if she had a, a, an injury. Uh, I think there were six players uh, that didn't feel that well. Uh, unfortunately, uh, you know, those are the changes that Deji Ellis had to make. And coming into the second half, you know, it was to give the, the side that extra push, you know, up front and uh, hopefully to get a goal. Uh, but it was not to be, but I, they could give a good account of themselves. And overall, now three defeats in three games. What do Banyana take out of this tournament, considering that they're also playing against teams, Lebu, who have professional leagues? You know, Tabitha, uh, I think you know, there, there are many lessons to be learned from, from uh, this tournament. Uh, obviously, it was that uh, tournament that they played against teams uh, that are fairly strong, uh, teams that are highly ranked on the, on the FIFA standing. And I think the lessons they would have learned from this tournament is that uh, you know, the players can quick a position and they also needed uh, to be quick. Uh, I think as well, you know, the experience that they got from, from this tournament will be good for South Australian football moving forward. Uh, we have young players uh, who also got their baby at the World Cup. Uh, so I think it was great exposure. Uh, but the lessons that they learned from this tournament is that, you know, international football, especially at the women's level, uh, currently is very quick. And I think that was... <laughs> oh, you, I, I, where are you? Are you in the tunnel? Are you close to the tunnel? Which players are those? Uh, no, no, I'm, I'm actually uh, at the stands with the fans. Uh, oh. players are uh, walking around the stadium to thank uh, the fans for the support. And these are actually the German fans uh, who are screaming at uh, or shouting at the, at the Bagana Bagana players. I think when you look at the performance um, of the players, they... they you know, they deserve this. Um, and I think they should be proud of themselves after such a great tournament for them. Uh, you know, that will be appearance at the World Cup. And, uh, you know, this is the ovation that they are receiving currently. And overall, I mean, you've been at the tournament since its inception. How has the tournament gone, organization and everything else? Uh, the organization of the tournament was, was top class. Um, everything went smoothly. Um, you know, 
whether the transportation, um, you know, the reorganization at, at, at the stadium, um, everything just went well. It reminds us back of, of 2010 uh, when we hosted uh, the FIFA Men's World Cup. Uh, you know, when you look at also how Brazil hosted, and I think the way that FIFA organizes this tournament, I think they should be given praise for that. Uh, even the host countries have been, it has been exceptional. Uh, the people have been here, uh, they've been welcoming, and, and they've been willing to assist. Uh, we know that uh, the language uh, barrier also, uh, you know, can be a problem at times, but they go out of their way to ensure that everybody is assisted and everybody feels at home. Okay, great stuff, Lebo Hang. Thank you very much for keeping us up updated there, and uh, thank you for your insight here on SAFM. It's a pleasure, thank you. Thank you, Lebo Hang Dube, uh, coming to us live from Montpellier in uh, France, where he's been covering Banyana Banyana uh, throughout the tournament. They've lost 4 0 to Germany, uh, lost 1 0 to China, and lost 3 1 to Spain, uh, so they are coming back home, but definitely not disgraced, not embarrassed. They're still the pride of the nation, considering that this was their debut World Cup uh, tournament, and considering that we in South Africa don't have a professional women's league, which uh, uh, is set to get underway, of course, in August during Women's Month. So um, I think, like Lebu said, they can hold their heads up high, and there are a lot of positives to take for Banyana Banyana from this uh, Women's World Cup. And uh, on that note then, that's where we come, that's when our, where our show comes to an end. Uh, Bangladesh have beaten the West Indies by seven wickets there uh, with 51 balls remaining. So an emphatic win uh, for Bangladesh against the West Indies at the ICC uh, Cricket World Cup there. And uh, the Proteas are back in action on Wednesday. Yep, they're up against, uh, is it Wednesday? Yes, I think it's Wednesday against New Zealand. Uh, tomorrow it is uh, England and Afghanistan uh, that are playing if my memory uh, serves me well but anyway that's where we'll leave it then my name is Tabiso Musia